AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for downloading the Fighting Cop Podcast. This week we are with Troy Townsend. We've got Wendy and Ricky. I'm Flav. We talk obviously about Andros Townsend. Um, will we preview the Arsenal Man City games we talk a little bit about kick it out and Wendy has his update anything else that's roughly it I'd say it, uh, and this is probably the longest podcast we've ever done so this is going to keep good. yeah it is good and it's going to keep you going for at least three or four days of travel on London Underground so what more could you want for free don't complain about the length it's the fighting it's the fighting It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock. It's episode eight, season five of the Fighting Cock podcast. Welcome everybody. Hello. Hello. Good evening. We've got Chris Miller or Wendy. Your name's on Twitter. I can say it if I want. Don't look at me like I'm. <laughs> and we've got Ricky. Hi. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, all good. And we've got Flav, and we've got Troy Townsend back for must be the fourth time. Is it fourth or, or third? Because I was waiting for a match, match ball. ball. Like, yeah, like, I can't remember. We didn't give Mickey Hazard a match ball. All right, so well I'm not going to get one. Right, okay. out, <laughs> um, how are you doing? How, how's things? Brilliant, good. Yeah, really well, really well. If, if you've been living under a rock um, and, and you're not aware, Troy Townsend is the father of Spurs first teamer and England. Yeah, England's. Andros Townsend. <laughs> How does it feel to be the father of someone who plays for his country? Uh, a little surreal. A little, like, I don't know, it's just a great privilege, obviously, and, uh, you know, 
just to be involved in football anyway. Being a football man myself and playing for his, you know, his, the club that we all support is great. And then you take it onto an international stage and representing your country is just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. He's done fantastically really. well for international. I mean, yeah, he's, believes him. Yeah, he's done really well. Um, he just seems to to really thrive in that environment and that atmosphere. So um, you know, from the minute he made his debut, um, he was still, well. Obviously, you know, those World Cup qualifiers were fantastic for the whole nation. So um, and yeah, and he's contributed and done his little bit as he's gone along. And obviously, disappointed to miss the last squad, but hopefully, get him back in there. You know, sooner rather than later. I know it's a simplistic way of looking at football, but <laughs> Wembley does seem to have a massive football pitch. And he and he Andrus strikes me as the kind of player that likes that space. Likes a big, yeah, and yeah, Spurs yeah. have a kind of small football pitch, don't we? Very narrow, yeah. yeah. Unusually narrow pitch at White Hart Lane, yeah. Um, so make it bigger, and then you know, problem solved. <laughs> it must be. Fucking mental, though, Troy. Well, you've described it for me. Playing for Tottenham and England. Like, my daughter, if if I write an A on the table and she copies it, I'm like, mental. Go on, girl, go on. Let alone play for England. Yeah, no, it's it's an amazing feeling. I you know, remember each game and just even remember when he said that he was starting in the game against Montenegro. It was like... It was 12.30 Friday afternoon and I was going in to deliver a session at uh, Watford Football Club. I'll never forget it. It was the worst session I've ever delivered because (laughs) I I weren't interested, you know what I mean? I just wanted to get to Wembley that night. So um, I'm not a good watcher, um, but very much in the build-up and everything is, you know, the the anticipation and everything is great. But watching, obviously... You just want him to do well, so you're a little bit on tender hooks. Are you that. are you like Sunday League football dads on the touchline? No, no, no. Come <laughs> <laughs> no. get in! No, no, no. I'm a little bit more reserved, and uh, you know there'll be a nervous foot tap or things like that. But yeah, it's just just a, it's a great feeling, and uh, like I say, long may it continue. Okay, we've got some more questions for you, yeah. Andros. Is everyone else all right, Ricky? You got anything to say about your daughters this week? Any more stories? <laughs> no, no. They just, they just do my nutting, man. Like, absolutely do my nutting. People are waiting for a story about your daughter. Uh, <clears throat> well, do, do you know what? There's like three stories I could tell you. Pick one. Uh, I'll, I'll go for... Go for uh, Boxgate. Uh, no, no, Boxgate, no, I don't, I don't want Boxgate. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. It's disgusting. <laughs> absolutely disgusting, little children. Um, on Saturday I was going for a house viewing my missus was at work she said can you go last minute I said yeah but I've got the girls and she's like well yeah take them with you I was like alright go on alright so needed to be at this place for 10.45 it was half 10 I couldn't find my wallet I said, I said to my daughter right here's your trainers there's your left foot there's your right foot you know how to put them on it's velcro very easy we've done this before she's like yes yes dad and I said to my other daughter I was like you carry on watching cartoons you because I know what you're like so I ran upstairs went to find my wallet and I shouted down have you got your trainers on yes daddy I have so I came back down and I was like oh great you've got got your roller skates on (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing and she's like I I can roller skate there no, you can't. No, you can't. Where's your sister? Like, where's your sister? She's in the kitchen. Oh, all right, fine, great. Walking into the kitchen, and uh, I don't know where she's got it from, but she's got a tub of butter, and both her hands are in it, and she's just... It's like she's making a model with it. We've got to be out the door. It was We were supposed to be out the door, like, 30 seconds ago. And I was just like, do you know what I mean? I was like, seriously, like... I'm asking you to do something. I know you're four and you're two years old <laughs> and you don't understand, but Dad's got shit to do. And when he tells you to do something, you do it. So I just got the roller skates, threw them on the floor, got a towel, 
sorted them out. Yeah, sorted them out and lobbed them in a car. What, like, what was the house like? Idiot. Oh, it was just a mess anyway. <laughs> I, li- I just live in a dump anyway. <laughs> all right, I'm glad you've had a good week. Really. <laughs> that's, that's one of three stories. Windy, how you doing, mate? All right, yeah, I'm good. I was going to say, Troy, did Andros do anything like that as a, as a four-year-old? Any funny stories from Andros? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to put them out there just because <laughs> he, he, you never very, know what's going on. He, he was a little rascal when, was he, was, he? when he was a young man. I've got to say that. Yeah, very much a little rascal, but we'll, we'll leave it at that for now, shall we? <laughs> Andros is uh, seeing a lovely lady. He uh, is, yeah. And uh, she, <laughs> she became famous. She became famous <laughs> this week. Uh, you know about this? No. Um, so, <laughs> I can't, she saw that uh, Andros had been fined by Tottenham for, for skipping training, and uh, she sent him a, a message, uh, a, screenshot, on his, yeah. a screenshot on yeah. WhatsApp, and someone had obviously posted a picture of him playing Championship Football Manager of that happening. Oh, she, no, thought it was, <laughs> she thought it was real. <laughs> the thing is, who's sadder? Us for knowing what football is or us for not knowing it and thinking her husband's in trouble, her boyfriend's in trouble. Well, I tell you what, having seen the film, I don't know if you've seen the Football Manager film, um, they did a film last year which was first class and it was it was all about different people that play the game yeah. and what they actually do play in the game and um, there were some quite famous people on there talking about, you know, playing the game at night under, yeah. under the duvet yeah. with the missus lying next to him, yeah. you know what I mean, and shouting, go! <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, you know, can you can understand it in a way, to be totally honest. Did Andros play it as a kid? Because I know a lot of football players. Yeah, yeah, he played it. He played it as a kid and it was even in the film a little bit as well, telling a bit of his story as well. So a lot of football players do it. It's something that passes the time away, doesn't it? Yeah, um, But you need to be dedicated to it if you're going to play, like, seasons after seasons of that, that's for sure. Yeah, spooky, for he's about... 53 or something <laughs> and he's been playing he's been playing football manager since it came out and yeah. this year he's finally weaned himself off despite having a child and actually <laughs> sensible things to have to do at the time if Andros uh, does happen to get married in the future can I be your plus one <laughs> <laughs> my plus one your plus one <laughs> uh, fair enough Probably wouldn't take me um, okay so let's, let's talk a bit about kick it out um, yeah. you're still working with them yeah. it's why it kind of Perception from from you know from an outsider that it kind of seems to have died down. There, there was a kind of very a spat of of, of things that happened, uh, certainly broad, mm. um, and it just seems like it's certainly in England it felt like it's, it's simmering down a little bit. Is that true? I mean, from someone who's working in it every day, um, it's simmering down because at the moment there's no high profile incidents. You know what people latch onto are the incidents that we've seen, you know, your John Terry's and your Luis Suarez and those big, massive incidents. But, you know, we still have to deal with the stuff like the Leicester City players that were out in Thailand and, yeah. and filmed whatever they were doing. Um, so we get that. Obviously, we deal with grassroots level of the game as well. But because there's no big, major breaking story, everyone thinks, oh, that's it, it's gone away. There's, there's nothing to talk about. But... You know, we deal with fans, so there's still stuff going on with fans, and we do a lot with education as well. So the education of, of, of young people, young fans, uh, players, um, which is a lot that I do as well. So we're still actively working day and night to make this the game a better place to play in and, and, a, and a better experience for people that want to watch and a better experience for people that want to work in it as well. So, you know, someone said to me, well, you know, what's the the great thing that you want to do is to eradicate racism and then you wouldn't have a job. Well, you know, I don't think we're ever going to eradicate it, unfortunately. We're 2015 and it's still there and alive and on all forms of discrimination still there and alive. So we've still got a lot, a lot of work to do. Well, it's not going to eradicate. We said before, 
before recording. If it yeah. exists in society, it's going to exist exactly. in some form in the football. Well, season. it's like I said to you. You know, people think that football's the, the biggest power that there is, and it exists in football first before it exists in a society. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And I always say, the more that we we open our shores here in this country, there's always going to be something that comes in here that will that will drag society down, and, and no doubt will drag football with it. So. Um, you know, there's still a lot of work to do, and uh, but it's a privileged job that I have, and I'm, you know, I'm privileged to go up and down the country and seeing so many different people and and trying to work to make the game a better place. Um, I mean, it mu- it must be pleasing to see things like the refugees' welcome stuff being adopted in Germany. Yeah, uh, they're a progressive country anyway. We're exactly, in all yeah. forms of society, and mm. they're, they're kind of leading the way in that respect. Um, but even in England, it's happened. I think even to be fair to them, outside Arsenal Stadium, there was a big. Uh, I'll say it for gritted teeth, but you know, <laughs> credit where it's due. Yeah, uh, you they, have to. You yeah. have to. And sometimes we have to put our, our kind of loyalty aside and, and really recognise what other clubs are doing and other fans are doing. Not and, tomorrow and, and night. Just, well, <laughs> not tomorrow night. Not tomorrow night. No, obviously, Wednesday, uh, night, Wednesday night. Not Wednesday night. But you know, sometimes away from the pitch, the good work. I get hammered a bit because you know I visit all these clubs cool, and I will. Yeah. Put on social media that you know here I'm at today I'm at Arsenal and then people will absolutely go for me. So, but it it's part and parcel of the job. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Some don't recognise that, but there are definitely. Oh, yeah. Of course, <laughs> absolutely. Um, about these kind of comments recently, uh, Smirton, former Chelsea Russian player, that can't be helpful. He said that there is there exists no racism in in Russia in Russian football. Oh, yeah. how does that? It's, it's, it's uh, we don't deal with the European side of the game. Um, you know, if we if we hit, there's an organisation called Fair um, that actually deal with the European side of the game, but obviously we comment on on issues like that. And the most recent one was obviously Emmanuel Fringpong, you know, who's going over to take a corner kick as you do, um, and he's getting racially abused not just by one, not just by two, but a whole section of fans. Um, his response to that is by sticking his middle finger up. I mean, I think he's been quite calm to be totally honest, yeah. but he gets sent off and gets a two match ban. And that's the way, unfortunately, that you know some European countries um, actually deal with stuff like that. So it's still there in their side of the game, but they don't tend to recognise it. So I've got to say we are further ahead than what you know those Eastern Bloc countries particularly are, but we've still got work to do on our side of it as well. As well, the, from from the club, they they came out and and actually said that. Um, you know things things like this happen, but you've got to be professional uh, and and get on with it and not you know just you don't don't react. It, it doesn't you know it, it happens. My just, response to that you just don't really yeah. do anything about it. And well, I'm my response like, to that is is actually have you ever been in a situation like that? And how many emotions do you go through at a time when you're being abused? Let's you know you can take race out of it. If you're being abused, someone is constantly abusing you. Not just one person, but a mass crowd is abusing you. What emotions do you go through at the time? Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, I think it's ridiculous for them to come out and say things like that because it's they've never unreal. actually experienced it. Footballers are treated as if they're not human beings often. And not just you're right, no, you're right. Racism's thrown yeah. at them, but if they're yeah. just being booed... I mean, yeah, we might, yeah, we're yeah. going to talk a little bit about Lamella and he's, he's upturned in form uh, and maybe the impact the crowd's had on that. But it's, it is, it's like footballers, again, Fringpong, you know, that, that was quite a... A mild reaction to what he was being yeah, thrown at. It's a horrible experience. The, the stuff in Serbia uh, with the England the under twenty ones, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, horrible we experience. actually kept their cool. I mean, I know Rose kind of got sent off, but he was he, well, he remember, kept it together. I, I remember Danny saying that his head went after about the sixtieth minute, and, and I commend him that he's actually still got his head after sixty yeah. minutes because, from what I was told, 
from the minute they landed in Serbia. Um, there was abuse being labelled at them, you know, comments, etc. And when they were in the tunnel as well, there was... And it wasn't just the players. It was the staff of the Serbian FA and stuff like that as well. So for the players to actually go through that and, you know, to go and win a game for their country, they needed to be commended, to be totally honest. Just with the signing of Hung Min Son, I've noticed there's been some sort of... a slide towards racial stereotypes being used again in the crowd, which I'm sure we all heard when we had Lee Young-Pyo as well. And I thought it was quite telling that Spurs, on the day we signed him, came up with the Here Comes the Sun hashtag, which seemed to be a drive towards pushing us towards a certain song that was acceptable to sing, because they were probably worried about some of the songs that might Mm. be sung towards him, Mm. having heard what the Man U fans used to sing towards Park, which, Mm. you know, they meant in, in in a fun way and sort of to try and involve him in their community, but you know it was a racial it was stereotype. Derogatory terms, yeah, yeah derogatory, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I think Spurs were probably a little bit wary of, of what might come out of the mouths of. You've of got to give fans. them credit; they're probably ahead of the game a little bit, you know, and, and I've, I've almost spoon-fed the fans something, you know. Mm. And at the end of the day, the fans have taken it on board. Good for him that he started like a house on fire yeah, as well, which definitely means that they're now going to be singing a song that's more in tune with. You know, supporting him as as who he is and what he's done so far for for the club. So, um, you know, you have to applaud clubs who really do take a step and a stand. You know, knowing that their own fans can be a little <laughs> bit, you know, over the top at times in their nature of wanting to support the club, they go overboard sometimes. And you know, that's clubs right across the board. Really, it's not confined to the Premier League. That's for sure. Do you want if we move on to Andros? No, not a, not a problem. About no, how no problem. How's he doing generally? I know he's had some some injuries, um, but is, how long has he been back? He's, he's had a few injuries. If we want to be totally honest, it's it's been What's... kind of like a journey of just little niggly stuff. Do you know what I mean? That has that has stopped his progress ever since you know breaking into the team, um, making his England debut. Um, you know the the transition from from AVB to Tim. Um, and he's just in, you know, in Tim's first game, he done his hamstring against West Ham in the cup, and oh, yeah, it's right. just been uh, just a catalogue where he'd never had injuries before. You know, he'd never been out for a sustained period of time, and that's that's difficult within itself to you know to to have these constant niggly injuries. Obviously, the one that put him out of the World Cup as well. Um, and I don't think people really realise the impact of the injury that he had. And how long it takes to get over something like what, that, what you know? Was it? Sorry. So he'd done his his his, his ankle ligament. He fractured his ankle, basically. So he's had an operation a couple of days later. Um, you know, he's. I noticed that it's affected his running. He, he's not. He wasn't running with the same kind of fluency that he that he was previously before the injury. And it mentally as well, it takes a little bit of time because not only was it the injury, it curtailed his season, and he missed a World Cup. Um, you know, and I know he was out in Brazil, but that was probably one of the most difficult things he ever had to do was just commentate on games where you know the country he's helped his country reach there, and he's sitting, he's standing by the touchline while the players are warming up, and you know I don't think anyone will be able to to realise what that experience was. It was it was bloody difficult, but then mentally getting over all that kind of stuff as well, and the problem you have is that you know fans are not patient. And, and fans want instant. They want to see you return, and they want to see you return just the way that you was before. And and you know they they won't take time to realise that it was a, a massive injury that impacted on on not just his career but his his life in a sense. Um, and it's taken a very long time to get over that. And it takes quite a lot of time to just be able to trust your body again and have and, and be yeah. able to 
run at full pelt without worrying that something's going to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think right. we've seen that with Lamella as well when he came back last season, having been injured. And Walker is really taking his time to get back exactly. into, into yeah. his strides. It's not just Andros. It's, it's it's a thing that fans just need to accept that when players do get injuries, they take a little bit longer well, to get back to where they were. You know, at the end of the day, with fans, they pay their money. They want to they want to see fit. <laughs> Sometimes there's no fault. Of what's going on behind the scenes, or what's going on in someone's head. I say most of the time. <laughs> I'm trying to be kind here, but yeah, yeah. we've talked about. Yeah, this do you know what I mean? So it's it's like you guys have said, players are only human, and you know the impact on us if we have an injury. Um, you know, we're just playing a regular Sunday league game or whatever than that. We all know that in our mind, we don't want to take that mm. hit again because mm. of what's happened before. So. You know, it's been a it's been a real difficult process, and you know he thought he got himself back well in the summer. He had the the fitness coach out with us in Portugal, and um, the fitness coach said he was flying. And then he comes back and he plays in one of those behind closed games. You know, he gets done and he and he does his shoulder. You know, so he's out for a little period with his shoulder, and there's no operation needed, but it's still you know he's got lack of movement in his shoulder, and uh, you know that takes three weeks. He comes back from there. Blocks a shot in training and his ankle twists. It's so, like I said to you, it's a never-ending story at the moment. And like, whereas before, I would say to you that he's, he'd never picked up injuries. You know, was, if he had an injury, he was back the next day, or if he took a knock, he was back playing. Um, but you know, the older you get, you know, I'm not 24, the older you get, but your body starts to tell you certain things, doesn't it? And it does different things to you. So it must have been encouraging then that if. Like Pochettino had played him against, he brought him on as a sub against Sunderland. Yeah, in my opinion, changed the game. He was mm. he was he was dangerous, and I just said it on the podcast that I thought. <coughs> and I actually did this interview with um, Palace, and they're asking, "Would you want uh, Balassi for twenty five million?" And I said, oh, "Not for twenty five million. Not mm. when, in my opinion, mm. I think Townsend could do a, di- a similar job mm. that Balassi does for for Palace." And um, and if perhaps if Townsend was at a different football club where the expectation is so high and yeah. players get a little bit of leniency, yeah. Capu alluded to be giving a lot, be, be, Watford fans being a lot more patient. Yeah. I mean, someone made a point that who was it? Uh, it the, uh, Tony D. He said that he, that was probably he's found his level, or, mm. maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I think Townsend could be given time, and he did change the game when he came on in Sunday, and it must be encouraging that Pochettino. As soon as he was fit, gave him a chance to come on. I think that it came at the right time. Sorry, Rick. I think it came at the right time for him. He hadn't been playing. He hadn't played. So the, the, you know, the preseason was. He missed the, the games out in you know in in America and in Germany. And that 25, 29 minutes was was just about right. And like I said, I was pleased with the impact. I was pleased that he, you know, instantly got into the game, stretched the game for the club, and and started to create chances as well. And it and it just meant that there's more space for everyone else to play as well. And I think that's what that's what happened on that day. And was pleased that he could do that. And you know, another sixty odd minutes. You know, the other night against um, Carabag, Carabag, yeah, or yeah. whatever we call them. <laughs> um, you know, he needs his fitness levels up. And that's you know, hopefully he's shown everyone that he, that you know he's going to start and he's going to come back. And he's going to look look quite well when given the opportunity. Was there any truth in the rumours about other clubs looking at him in the summer? Yeah, there was. Um, I think there was a few tapping on the door, just seeing if he was available and 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 wanting to to possibly you know take him. Um, the club made gave us no signs that there was any interest or you know anything going on with that. But obviously, rumours are there for a reason. Do you know what I mean? And. Uh, like I said, the injuries came so early in pre-season anyway that there was there was nothing going to be going on. But yeah, there were clubs interested, definitely. It doesn't strike me as a player that ever that, that, that wants to leave Spurs. In any case, he seems like you know he's been at the club since he was seven or eight. Eight, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you know you can tell from his interviews and stuff like that that 
at the end of the day, he's a Tottenham lad. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's grown up. That's all he's ever known is the club. Um, and he's been right through the academy system. And, and, you know, all right, I know he's been on loan so many times, but those loans were a part and parcel of to why he's here today and why he's playing for Tottenham Football Club. Um, but the club is, is what he's about. You know, he, he, doesn't, he, he loves going in there. He loves playing games. He's like anybody. He's disappointed if he's not involved and disappointed if he's, you know, he, he spends a period out of time. But... Tottenham is his club and, and will always be his club. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of unfinished business at Spurs as well. He's got so much still to prove because we know that we've, we've seen him have some brilliant games. We've, we've seen him win games single-handedly at times. I remember away at Villa uh, a couple of seasons ago. He was yeah. unreal, probably just dragged us through that match by himself. Um, he's, he's shown for England away the quality well. he's got. Yeah. Away in Europe, he's been mm. fantastic. Almost when the pressure's off, to be honest. Yeah. He's given a little bit yeah. of freedom. Mm. Um, but against Sunderland... He, he did exactly what I wanted him to do, and that's mm. to do what he does that so many of our players don't, and that's take players on yeah. and show yeah. a willingness yeah. and a bravery yeah. to just go at them and go at them and go mm. at them. And not everything's going to come off, and players have to accept that nothing's mm. going to come off. But it kind of it genes the rest of the team up and makes them think, well, hang on, if Andros is beating this player for fun, I can do it as well. Yeah. It kind of breeds confidence in the yeah. team. I mean, everyone, like people talk about playing the Tottenham way, and we're, we're used to having players that have this certain skill direct that makes you kind of get out of your seat and be like oh, you know go on son <laughs> gets you going and then when he came on against Sunderland and he skinned the uh, <clears throat> the left back I can't remember who it was no, 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 no. yeah that's yeah, it yeah. twice like in a row and I yeah. was just like this is what like this is why I love you know the mm. Tottenham the players and like like I said he stretched their defence and he found space and I was just like you know We've been looking for someone with pace, direct, and we found the midfield, the, the, the kind of yeah. the three, a bit static, mm. and we're not not really kind of that directness. And then he comes back from injury, and like within that game against Sunderland, you just like. I think the pleasing thing for me quite. as well that there was an end product to what he was doing mm. this time, and you know he'd, he'd created a couple of chances, one for Lamella, mm. put one on the back stick, and set Harry up on one as well, and I think that's. Always been labelled at him is is what you know you know it's great beating a man but what do you do next do you know what I mean and it's different in an England shirt it seems to happen and I think like you said Chris it's it's that confidence to be able to do it and that trust that one may not come off but the one that you want to come off is the one that either puts us ahead or or or, or whatever do you know what I mean so I think it, that's important as well the criticism's always been that he shoots too much and yeah. everyone's all, Spurs fans are always saying you know. The only thing they change about Andros is that he needs to pass the ball more yeah. and, and shoot less. Mm. Is that something that managers have, have said to him? You know, you've got to take as many shots as you can because you've got such a well, well you've I, got the two good feet. Yeah, I think definitely under AVB. Um, AVB was was you know that that whole setup of inverted wingers and, mm. and getting players in on the on the, what's supposed to be their strong foot and getting your shots off is, is exactly what he wanted. Um, I think Andros now, well, during a period of time, was trying too hard. You know, sometimes when you don't score, and we're seeing it a little bit with Harry now, yeah. is is you actually try too hard. When he went to England, it, it just seemed to come naturally. Obviously, the first thing he hit goes in, and then all of a sudden you think, ah, oh, this is this is easy. And you know, it just hasn't happened for the club in terms of uh, you know the amounts of of efforts that he has had on goal. And then you look at the goal against Swansea last year, and and that's what he should be doing all day long. And and he wasn't rushed in that finish at all, you know. And he, he was just nice and calm. And I think he needs to be calm about the way that he finishes or the way that he, you know, assists players. And 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 he'll be fine. You must um, obviously be in the father of a footballer with 
social media and the internet being the way it is, it must be quite difficult. You must have to get a thick skin. You must see the 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 abuse that all the players get, but Andros gets his fair share of. Yeah. How's that? How's it feel? Is it, it... There's pros and cons to it, isn't there? You know, at the end of the day, he scores a goal, and uh, you know, and everyone's like, "Well done, great!" And he could have had an absolute shock in 60 minutes before then, but he scores a goal, and everything's forgotten. You know, he he plays for his country, and he scores, and 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 everyone comes out of woodwork. But likewise, you have a bad game and, and people are on you. And I've had people message me directly and just say, any chance you want to take your shit, son, at the club and stuff like oh that. And, but for me, for me, social media, it, if I was to really get angry at social media, there's no point in me being on it because, like I said, some of it I respond to in a way that actually puts the onus back on the individual. Some of it you just leave because there's, there's, no, there's no point. Yeah. Um, you have to have thick skin. I don't care who you are. And you think of the real top players at times. You know, Messi missed a penalty yesterday and, and people started talking about Messi like he was half decent, not... Do you know And I think to myself, hold on, you're talking about the world's greatest player here. So it's part and parcel of, of kind of being in a, in a, you know, the father or a parent of a professional sports person. No two games are the same. And, you know, from one minute where on a Thursday night you could be the best thing since sliced bread and then on a Sunday, you know, people want to throw apples and pears at you. So, you know, you just have to deal with it, to be totally honest. Mm. Um, Mrs is not great at dealing with it. Sometimes she doesn't want to read it or she reads it and then gets angry at the computer, but it, it, there's no point. It, it's, it is what it is and, and you just have to accept it. Yeah, the thing is, it's your son, do you know what I mean? It's your, your wife's son in, and, 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 and when it's your flesh and blood yeah like I, i'd get annoyed if someone was digging my brother out yeah in the pub. yeah 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 you get annoyed but what can you do i'm never going to meet the person anyway and yeah. people that actually do want to come up and actually say something to your face and there isn't one yet yeah. you'd actually can have a conversation with them yeah so those people that it's like the abuse that you see on social media those people that tap behind a keyboard would never come out and front you face to face anyway when it comes to, to fans half of them i don't think are fans you know, they, they connect themselves to the club by having THFC in their bio or something like that. But I don't call them real fans. I just, you know, they're people that set it up just to say I'm connected with the club. Mm. Um, so I, it doesn't overly concern me. But have I thrown a wobbly every now and again? Yeah, I have. Natural, so, yeah, 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 and it is only natural, yeah. OK, we've got to move on. It's fascinating. We're going to talk a little bit more yeah, about no ours. A little bit more light-hearted, probably, in a second. <laughs> but, uh, uh, let, let's talk about Palace. Quickly about Carabag. It was, good, uh, it was a good win. I mean, they were better than I thought. I thought they thought. were decent. Yeah, oh, Carabag? Yeah. Oh, my... Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, ignorancy. I had no idea who they are or anything, and I was not expecting them to come out of the traps like that. They were skillful. Yeah, they were. They were they, technically they, good. Yeah, yeah, it, all of it. And I was just like... When they went one nil, one nil up, I was just like, like <laughs> sitting there thinking, they're, they're playing us off the park at the minute. Like, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're some real like technical good players, yeah. mm. passing with pace, counter attack. Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're yeah. holding their shape. And I was the, just like, did I, you start uh, to pucker a little bit when, uh, <laughs> when when the penalty went in? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was like, but, oh, oh god, but, here it goes. This is gonna happen. Carabag in the smashes at home. <laughs> but, I mean, like. First of all, I was kind of like, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, you've got money up that. <laughs> right, happy little celebration and all that. Like. But then as the game started to go on, I was just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, these guys can play football. I mean, I as, a, as a Bajan, he's known as a, a footballing nation. Really. Football powerhouse. Yeah, they're not. I, mean, I couldn't, couldn't tell you where they were ranked in the world or anything like that. But they c- came up and Spurs... 
on last season's form were the fifth best team in the whole country, England. And uh, Carabao came and they turn up. Yeah. But do you know what? I, th- I thought we we played well as well. I thought we looked a, a decent technical outfit. Nah. And I think t- <laughs> <laughs> twenty about twenty five minutes in, I thought, and this might be a slightly unpopular opinion. I thought Tom Carroll really got hold of the game, and started started dominating things. Why would that be an unpopular p- opinion? Well, I saw on Twitter afterwards people sort of saying Carroll didn't do much. I mean, I couldn't disagree more. He had 110 touches of the ball. Do I just told you not to take Twitter seriously? <laughs> yeah, I know. I if know. you think that, then you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> But he, I mean, he was, he was basically everything I thought was good about us and mm. for the, most of the game. Mm. Um, just used the ball really intelligently, was prepared to take it in tight spaces and create things. Um, loads of tackles as well. Unusually for Carroll, he made nine tackles in that match, mm. which is, you'd expect Dyer to be making nine tackles, yeah, but yeah, Carroll was yeah. sort of really committed, th- embracing Pochettino's pressing style as well. I think what people, with, with Carroll, they, they obviously, you know, the, the person that went before him in that mould is Modric. Um, and you think that that player is also going to be like Modric. But with, with Carroll, um, I think what people have this frustration with, even not a frustration, but there's a lack of actually the, the end product of putting that ball in behind the defence or it's just kind of very neat, tidy, safe. Troy, you've been along with Windy, you've, been, you've seen... Andrews has played throughout most of his, yeah, his career yeah, with yeah, Tom. And yeah. um, ha, ha, is this what you had expected? Is, he was he's quite a small lad, isn't he? And is that always going to be an issue? Or? He's tidy. I, I always thought he was struggling in the Premier League, to be totally honest, because just because of how slight he was. But he's an intelligent player. Mm. You know, and, and we talk about keeping the ball, and sometimes we don't keep it enough or we get frustrated with the way we get. Sometimes I think Tom can force a pass forward a little bit more than what he does. But I like the way that that he he brings people into the game. He he's tidy. He he seems to be unruffled as well. He he doesn't really let much get to him. And I think the only problem we have is that there now seems to be a lot of quality in our Spurs midfield, yeah. in central wise. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think he's going to struggle to play games because you know he should have been ahead of Bentaleb. Bentaleb's jumped over him. Ryan's Ryan's there now as well. Do you know what I mean? And Dyer's come into the centre of the park and. Deli Ali, well, you know, I'm sure you'll get onto him in a little while, Absolutely. but what what a find he's been. So Tom's going to struggle to get games, <laughs> but I don't think Tom, if you put the shirt on and you give him the opportunity, he will never let the club down. And that's the thing about these young players who maybe don't play as much as what they should, but they will never let the team down when they when they go and get out there and play. We've, I mean, a lot of people criticise the pace of Tottenham's play, and Carroll was one of the few players in our squad that would speed that up just mm. by being on the pitch. Oh yeah, He's, yeah. he li- rarely takes two two touches of the ball. He wants to lay it off, and that kind of speed of passing is going to be more likely it, to pull a defence out. Spurs of shape. are deliberate for a reason. Yeah, you know, they're deliberate for a reason. They were deliberate under the last, not the, the previous manager before that, for a reason. That's that's the way that, that that's the style. That's the way they want to play. Sometimes, particularly in Europe, I think to myself, if we ever played the Premier League way. The Europa League would not be a problem to Tottenham, but I think we play too European. And yeah, that's a, where we get caught There's a lot of conserving out. energy yeah. in, in Europe, which yeah. I think doesn't do us any favours, actually. No, no, we, not If at we all. just went all guns blazing, we'd probably be two or three goals yeah. clear, and then you can kill the game. I think what we do is, if after 25 minutes we're not actually got those couple of goals clear, then we kind of settle back into a shape and a, and a, and a style of play that is more in tune to the European style. Mm. And mm. then European teams, you know, take that on board and we'll go and nick one, mm. and then all of a sudden particularly away from home, we're going to struggle, aren't we? So, um, But no, in in regards to Tom, like I said, I I think he's a really, really good player. But now the 
you know, the people in front of him now, it's going to be difficult for him to play football, that's for sure. But like I say, you bring him on and the lad will never let you down, that's for sure. Or start him in Europa League games, he will never let you down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then we've seen players that are a bit unlikely to start breaking for the team. Pochettino likes youth, he likes players that listen to what he, he has to say and try to instill his philosophy. So you never know, do you? And if he sticks his head, gets his head down and plays, we'll see. What what do you think of Deli Ali then, Rick? Well, <coughs> I don't... <laughs> It's hard because I don't really want to. If you start to, yeah, if you start bigging someone up and like you're just saying that, no one's listening. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, he he is a player that I I haven't been that excited after such few appearances. Been that kind of thinking. What with Milton King? But, so few appearances. For no, him. no, for Spurs. Oh, you mean because you haven't seen him play a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean like. See his name for MK Dons on the score sheet. Didn't really watch him play, but then uh, sticking a Spurs shirt on and seeing what he's doing, and it's just kind of like he's getting into. He's. I, I don't. You know. I, I'm not gonna compare him with. Well, I am comparing him with Paulinho. That's what I'm doing. Why? Because Paulinho was one of these players that sat in midfield that made those runs and he was supposed to do something, and he yeah. never did. And then having such this young, raw talent come along and doing everything that I expected a player of a mm. Brazilian 17 mm. mil player coming over and doing that and more and having that weight of, you know, coming from MK Dons straight to Tottenham, it, that's, that's an incredible amount of pressure. The MK Dons chairman uh, called him the, uh, the best player they've ever played at their club. I know it's only like four years old, the club, but still, <laughs> that's something. And uh, the other thing, you know who I compare him to, he reminds me of? Zidane. And that's not even a joke, he reminds wow. me really? of Zidane. I'm not saying he could be Jermaine Genus. That's what I was going to say, he, mm. he really reminds me of Genus. But, he, does, but, he does play like him, but Genus, he, he was a bit crab-like in his play. It's kind of like if... if where you, he seems much more direct. If and much, you, I don't know. If you took genius and you removed all the <laughs> removed all the memories from him mm. of bad things happening in his life and things going wrong, so he never learnt that bad things can happen, and he just had that un- unwavering confidence. That's mm. what Ali is. He's just he's got he's so bright and he's so positive. I mean, comparing to Paulinho, he's infinitely more technically able than Paulinho. His touch and dribbling are way better than Paulinho's will ever be um, and I like the way he's capable of dribbling with both feet as yeah. well um, and he's just so confident that yeah, he's that's so it. willing to take things on his shoulders I think is... that's it isn't it as a young man coming into first Tottenham with all the expectations and then also the Premier League and who you're playing against I mean he, he, I saw his heat map the other, the other against yesterday against Palace and he was literally everywhere, everywhere and even in the last 10 minutes when you expect right he's going to blow a gasket he's still everywhere he, he was amazing in his yeah. carabag yeah. and he looked tired towards the end yeah he and looked tired he, before, he, towards the end yeah but he didn't look tired yesterday no. and now that's good because mm. Thursday to Sunday everyone says well they can't do it mm. he's just showing you know at the moment that he's taken to this like a duck to water and he's forced his way into the and first team exactly I, I, which is a great problem to have now yeah. because I don't think people thought that he would be playing yet no. Have him on the bench. Maybe there was even rumours that he might be loaned out. Mm. Now look at him; he's flying. Did you see Gary Lineker's tweet yesterday about him uh, being? He he said his his tip is that Deli Ali will make the England um, Euro squad. Really? And it's I mean, you th- would, would Zidane make the England squad? <laughs> 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 no, then Ali will. 
And at the end of the day, there's a lot of central midfield players that are injured at the moment. Henderson, Wiltshire, they're all injured. Um, he's something a little bit different because he's got more energy than all of them put together. Um, you would expect at some stage during the season that he has a little dip in form. Yeah. And it's how we manage that process, how we dip him out, how we put him back in. There's enough quality around to ha not have him play every single game, although fans will demand if he's playing that well. well we want him to play. Um, but we've got to remember his age as well. And, you know, I, we shouldn't even be looking at England at the moment. Let's complete a season at Tottenham. Let's see how well he does and what we do. And then if England comes along, then great. No, but he's been... let's get him in England <laughs> right now. No, but it, 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 he's, I mean, he's been phenomenal. And I, I know it's only four games, but the, the young man, has, he, he looks like he's, he's been playing there forever and a day. Mm. But what is League One? I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, it, by, by, by the looks of it, pretty good mm. if he's producing players like that and do you know what it is I, I, you'll know this better than me Wendy because you, you, you kind of monitor the loan players and stuff like that you like that sort of stuff strangely but um, <laughs> they, they, is it just a lot tougher like we see on Ottawa up in Scotland getting smashed to bits and I feel like that's going to providing he doesn't get a serious injury because that mm. could happen mm. does it that physical aspect the kind of being prepared and being able to ride tackles and to build up strength and be physically able to compete in a game, not just be technically good. That must be that must be someone like Ali who's naturally gifted. I mean, he would have been taught to a certain, yeah. but certain, some of that would have come from his genes. Mm. Sorry that. Oh yeah, yeah. The resilience that you gain from that. I mean, Andros would have had the same throughout his loan career, playing mm. against some quite and, poor fullbacks who and just want to kick his player he is as well. Right? Yeah, and it does you the world of good as a, as a young player. I think. I'm fairly sure uh, the reason that. Ali is as good as he is. It's because he's from Milton Keynes. <laughs> I'm from Milton Keynes. And Concrete House. Yeah. I'm from Milton Keynes. Yeah, right, but it's got nothing to do with it. We're all talented in Milton Keynes. That's what I'm saying. That's good. No, he's good at football because there's nothing else to do in Milton Keynes. Apart from looking at drive around roundabouts. He, he played, he actually, his first club that he played for, MK Rangers, I played for MK Rangers. What happened? I was going to say, look at your career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a new job, though, Rick. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going to mention it. You'll get right, Pellers. Um, okay, let's quickly move on to Palace. It's been a long half. Um, it, really positive performance. Uh, a 1-0 win. Third clean sheet in the Premier League on the bounce, which is no mean feat. Um, we're not winning by... You know, high margins score-wise, but an accomplished performance, encouraging. I think we're pretty much the better team throughout the game, and we weren't expecting that. I was expecting Palace to be a lot more competitive. Cardi mm. digging us out. I mean, I'm sure you can't comment like I can, Troy, but I, I don't like that man very much. And, I've got uh, to meet him on Friday, so I'm not going to comment. No, no, don't. don't but as a fan, I'm allowed. No, I've got yeah, free can, yeah. And to be fair, he, he he digs us out in a clever way that gets right under your skin. And he hates us. I don't know why. I don't know if, I, if the quote I saw was, was actually true. He's saying, no, I don't know. Or a top 10 team. Yeah. Mm. Oh, he's right. We are going to be a top yeah, 10 team. It hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, it hurts it, when you hear it from someone like that. And you know what he's saying, though. He's kind of saying, well, Palace, we're, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to be where Spurs are now. And, you know, that, there's a, anyway, well. Well, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we did, we, did, we did play well, had a lot of chances, but um, they hit the post twice. They, you know, they, they were no mugs. They, you know, they, they had their chances, and that save from Lloris mm. was unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, uh, Palace have been really good away from home, so 
and they, they, they've, they've had some good, good signings. They're a good team, Palace. I think they won seven, like... seven in the last nine away games in the Premier League. That's mad. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we pl- completely outplayed them for the majority of the game. Um, I liked the fact that it was a good team performance, mm. and mm. within that, there were some outstanding individual performances. Dyer was excellent again. Dyer was great again. Alderweireld had his best game for Spurs so far, and Son was really, really positive again. Um, scored a good goal. I mean, the keeper should have done better, yeah, but yeah. He, he kind of earned the luck in a way by mm. and he loved that it, positive burst. Mm. The celebration was how awesome. happy he was, mm. and yeah. you know, so he should be. But it's so great to see a Spurs fan enjoying themselves. It's actually, good to have um, Ericsson back as well. I mean, he's, he, it feels like he's been out for a long time. Obviously, it's only three or four games, but. He he looked really bright when he came on. I think people were being a bit generous with his assist. Well, it was a pass in midfield. Yeah, and it was a Son then did a lot of work to get. It goes down as an assist. He <laughs> will take that at the end of the season. That's for sure. He, I am acutely aware. Of that. I do know that. But you know, people can Ericsson's on yeah. one minute assist. That, yeah. that pass could have come from anyone. It yeah. could, but he created three chances in twenty-five minutes, mm. which is impressive. I love and it he, when he <laughs> smashes me out of the park. That's a stat. But he, stats coming out of his ears. He, Ericsson got two assists all of last season. He's already got two this season. Mm. I mean, last season was a bit of a freak season for him because he created chances and not many of them went in. Mm. Whereas it seems we've actually got more support for Kane now, players that are going to contribute goals. And that was, I mean, we'll probably come into it in the, in the second half, but that was one of the things that Pochettino needed to improve. More more goals from midfield, and they're, and they're coming now. And defence as well, which Sorry, seems yeah. to have sorted out just by those signings alone, and Dyer coming into that defensive midfield place. Uh, a quick quick mention for Lamella. We, we've yeah. run out of time in the first half, but it was good to see him play. I think, actually, at times he was quite wasteful in the first half. He lost the ball a few times, but overall he had a good game and it was nice to, for the crowd to be behind him. He got a... Was it a standard ovation? Hmm. It was certainly a, 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 a you know, um, a rapturous applause. Hmm. Oh. I mean, it's one that he doesn't often get. He comes in for a lot of stick. To be fair, f- three pods ago I said he was finished at Spurs. Uh, what do I know? And you know what I've got to learn? To be less reactionary and actually <laughs> understand football a bit more about what it is that over a season rather than what our last result is, probably. I, I was saying to Windy that um, I I couldn't give a shit <laughs> if, 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 if I say my opinion and I'm horribly wrong and Spurs win and we get three points and people ridicule me, I couldn't give a shit, man. Yeah, but it's like, not glad yeah, to be wrong. I'm, I'm, exactly, but mm. there are so many people that are so desperate for their opinion to be right, and yeah, mm, we mm, failed, mm. and I told you we'd fail, yeah. or something. Far too but many. it's like, uh, you know, I, Lamella has had a lot of stick, and I haven't been uh, in his corner backing him up, you know, but, um, the, you know, the last three games, I... What can I say? He's done all his... Yeah, yeah, there is no way he's, like, deserved the summer stick that he's getting at the moment. But, um, yeah, he can do, do better. I, th- I think it's, it's obviously, you know, he was bought for, what, 25, 30 million, yeah. and you're expecting someone to come along and be the new Gareth Bounce at the Premier League. Do you know who he reminds me of? Who? Pavel Nedved. I'm basically going through the whole... You really are going through it tonight, anyway. <laughs> Ned, we've got yeah, Nedved, yeah. we've got Zidane. I'm going through all the, all the greatest Juventus team in history. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it for the first half. Thank you for sticking with us. It's been a very long one. Uh, now we've got Windy talking some more. Have we? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Windy, back to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I've got your back.
Windy here with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loan players, DeAndre Yedlin was an unused sub for Sunderland and Grant Ward was an unused sub for Rotherham United. Dominic Ball played the full match and Nathan Oddwell was a 61st minute sub as Rangers won 2-1 at Dumbarton. Shaq Coulthurst was still absent for Wigan through injury and Connor Ogilvy wasn't involved with Stevenage, unsure yet if it was an injury or if he was just left out. But Teddy Sheringham spoke highly of him this week, saying it's very different football from under-21 football, but he's grasped it with both hands. I think he's been outstanding since he came in. Our youth teams had a pretty unsuccessful week. They both lost 4-1 against Reading. The under-21's defeat came last Monday, with Anton Walks scoring our goal. Hugo Echiog was very unhappy with the performance. He said after the match, sometimes you just have to put your hand up. We expect more and we didn't have enough players show what they could do or compete and in the end I thought Reading were comfortable winners. Then our under-18s lost 4-1 against Reading also on Saturday. Our goal was a Marcus Edwards free kick. Kieran McKenna said after the match, In the last two home games against Reading and Fulham, the boys have struggled to break down an organised defence and struggled in terms of stopping a fast, hard-running team from exploiting the spaces on the counter-attack. The under-18s next match is against Arsenal away on Wednesday. And the under-21s will have played Leicester at home at Hotspur Way by the time you listen to this. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Second half of Fighting Cop Podcast. Thank you very much, Windy. Any, any questions in that? <laughs> there, were, there were no questions this week. but while So I recorded the update yesterday, and today our under-21s played Leicester and won 7-4. 7-4? In a thriller. Wow, Bloody that's hell. incredible! Yeah, uh, Hugo Egiog uh, always complains that he, he, he very uh, we've been pretty, pretty bad this season in our under twenty ones, haven't we? And he, he often mentions that there's very few positives to take from yeah. the performance. I wanted to ask Troy if he knew anything. <laughs> Why are we laughing? <laughs> we, we just recorded all of this, and I realised I hadn't pressed record on the uh, on the old uh, Tascam. But we wanted to get Troy's insight on uh, Hugo and whether he knows anything about him as a coach, because obviously. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not much. I mean, I know he's highly thought of, um, and obviously he's been through the process of, of you know getting these badges and stuff. I was quite surprised that he was actually announced. That it took me a little bit aback that he was announced. Um, I thought Spurs might have gone for uh, more of a name, if you want me to be totally honest, because obviously they've got a great reputation in bringing young players through, and I just think I thought that someone more established might have come in. But it's a difficult job because... It goes through cycles, doesn't it? So we've had a good crop for quite a while now. I think we're going through a cycle. Whether it's, I don't know, he says there's no many positives, not many positives. Um, there's got to be one or two players in there that might think could make the grade. But the bar's been set very high now, uh, very high. You know, At the end of the day, if you're looking at young English talent coming through a, a particular club, we're up there, full stop. Um, and hopefully in years to come we'll continue to be up there but the bar is very high so there's a lot of hard work needs to be done there now and you know as we go through the process everyone's looking at young English talent now aren't they um, luckily we're stopped for the time being we're stopped for the next four or five years as far as I'm concerned so mm. let's hope that he can get something out of him that's a great win although it must have been a real hell of a game um, but let's let's hope that he can bring something out of them Loft no Loft didn't play um, Harrison scored a couple McAvoy scored a couple 
Carter Vickers scored, Sterling scored, and Lesniak scored. Sterling's one I really like. Um, he's an under-18 player who's just been pushed up a little bit early to the under-21s because he can physically cope with that. Uh, and he's a really exciting player. Is he exactly like Raheem Sterling? <laughs> Not really anything like him, okay, no. Shit. No, no. Um, no, he seems like a nice young man as well, so I'm hoping there'll be something big from him in the future. But like Troy says, it seems there's a... The under-21s always strikes me as a strange... Um, place in general because yeah. you get a mixture of players who are recovering from injury for the first team players who are being kept around just because they might make it and players who are pushed up well before well, let's be they're serious, really ready Chris, it is a glorified reserves from whenever that was stopped you know and andros played in i think the last year of the reserve so he got i remember andros getting watching him against chelsea and hit that reserve side was pavlichenko Dos Santos, Gareth Bale, William Gallas, David Bentley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was Spurs' team on the night with all those players. Tom win? Huddleston, um, we won. Oh, good. Um, and the next day he was off to um, he was off to Yeovil. Yeah. On the back of that, you know, John Abika was playing as well. But you look at that side. Were they going through the motions? Uh, most of them were. Do you know what I mean? They were going through the motions. It was not really high tempoed. Andros and, and a couple of John Beaker who was out as well, obviously trying to do their best because they want to impress to get up into the first team, but they've never effectively replaced that reserve setup, how that reserve team football is. So, What's your opinion? What works better? The, the under I don't think anything works at the moment. I don't think there's there's too much of a gap between mm. leaving that under eighteen setup where it's it's very nice. It's very you know you play your stuff. Um, it's very, very. It's almost mapped out for yeah, you. It's, it's part control, of the career. Very yeah, very the, controlled. The yeah, that step from that into into the, the the men's game, as they say, is a massive step. And you know, for any young player now, and I know a, a few, not just at Tottenham, they want to get themselves out on loan a lot earlier now. They want to go and experience what it's like in League One, in Championship, a lot earlier because everyone says that you grow up. Some mentally can do it, physically, yes. Um, others, it's not for, but. As a nation, we have to find something that that actually helps develop our young players from eighteen onwards, and we haven't come up with the right the right thing for sure at the moment. Uh, the fighting cock uh, supports the campaign against living miserably. Tell twelve men a day commit suicide. It's in fact the biggest killer of young men under age forty five in the UK. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm. Have a helpline open from five pm until midnight. The number is zero eight zero eight. Also, they have a web web chat that's open from 5pm until midnight. Our website is thecalmzone.net and the Twitter handle is at thecalmzone. Uh, ben Salvi of Twitter asks, does Andros prefer Sheftalia? Well, I probably butchered that. Or jerk chicken? <laughs> and my understanding is Sheftalia is some sort of uh, sausage. <laughs> He prefer he prefer yeah he prefers it doesn't really eat jerk chicken doesn't really eat um, we of the Greek the Greek side of our family yeah. is massive um, and we have barbecues and whatever else or whenever we can yeah and now he's he's in his new place and you know he's actually got the facilities to do it as well so it's very much more Greek in terms of our food style than what it is than West Indian. I will throw one in every now and again. Yeah, but yeah. The missus doesn't cook it West Indian either, so I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. I've got to say, I, prefer, sure. I love both, uh, both, both really I'm not sure what. I, that's, that's not a bad mix to have. It's, it's not a bad mix at all. <laughs> not a bad mix at all. And uh, 
Greek food's very healthy as well. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of salad that goes with it, and you know, pasta and stuff like that it's as well. So it's nice. I mean, yeah, yeah, it does as well. It's, you're just naming the ones that you know. Olives, does he like olives? the best cheese on earth. It is really. It is, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, it is. Let's just do a cooking podcast. You got boxing. You got cooking. Yeah. I don't, I'm bored of talking about Spurs after four years. <laughs> um, Zowie uh, went off to uh, where the bre- Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg and went into their first team squad on the bench. Yeah, which is time. incredible, isn't it? Because he played uh, quite regularly for under twenty ones. Did well. Everyone was very excited about him. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very surprised that he's in playing, well, potentially playing first team football. Cause what was your opinion of him at Spurs? He's another player with good potential, but. Lacking physically at the moment, he's he's got a lot of growing to do. He he really needs to bulk out if he's going to make it. He's got the potential to be fairly tall. I think he's still got some growing to do, but he's very slim and he takes a few takes a few knocks. Um, he is skillful, but he's not. I would say exceptionally skillful when compared to players in uh, what, at the same level. I always thought he finished the ball really well. Yeah, lovely he finisher. Took, yeah. really good finisher. And and he plays like an inside inside forward on the left, or is he a forward in in real? Well, he's either played on the left or as a number ten for the majority of his what, his time at Spurs. Yeah, um, and he did, he did well in both positions, but he was he was a little bit inconsistent, a bit like Ceballos in a way, just quite inconsistent, and there wasn't a reliable end product. Did we make a mistake by leaving him go? In your opinion? No, and from what I've heard, I think we've got a pretty good fee for him with a sell-on percentage as well. So, um, I mean, it sounds like he just wanted. To to, to go because he got a good offer I and mean, can't really blame him or the club I think mm. well if they're offering him first, to be a part of the first yeah. team squad that's now, not real for why him. wouldn't you unless they've kind of jumped the gun a little bit and if he isn't ready that could destroy him yeah. or certainly set him back yeah and, and they, Spurs I, I can't see I, I, I think that Spurs are probably one of the best clubs certainly in England but maybe in Europe to be in at the moment with our current setup. you look at the players that have come through Carroll mm. just started mm. yeah. um, Andros is, is yeah. in the team yeah. uh, you know obvious ones are Kane but Mason came Mason. out of nowhere yeah. Bentaleb came you know was given a go our training facilities as well oh what, yeah. what, what, what are they are they, unreal. Oh, they're, are they? they're unbelievable really uh, only bettered by Manchester City now but they are oh, the facilities are amazing. It's put a damper in it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, they've got the, they've got the actual money to go, and they've seen the product, and obviously want the best the best that there is in the country, mm. um, and they've done that. But yeah, the facilities at uh, at Hotspur Way are, are absolutely first class, and you'd want to get up every single day to make sure you go in and experience that and, and be a part of what that is. Um, yeah. You know. And, and young players coming through that system as well. And, you know, we're talking about the young, young players now. They train there as well. So to be all a part of that, you know, with the first team players, with the whole of the Tottenham system, you know, you're there, you're part, you're seeing it, you're developing in it as well. So that can't be a bad thing. And, and, and we look after our young players, unlike some other clubs that there are around. Yeah. Um, I, I asked Daniel Levy about us recording the podcast there, but you should give it bollocks. <laughs> Said Not sure why, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Matt Hole from Twitter, he asks, um, if, you could have, uh, if you could have any other past or present Spurs player as your son, as well as Andros, <laughs> who would it be and why? Well, your favourite Spurs players, I guess. It would have to be the king. Yeah. It would have to be Ledley. Oh, man, he's such a nice man. Um, he's a well. wonderful human being. Yeah, that, that's it, full stop. He's mm. a wonderful human being. Um, I still miss him as, as most I would imagine every Spurs fan does every day but he's a great ambassador for the mm. club now 
Um, you know, his career was cut short when he, you know, he should have been England's captain as far as I'm concerned. He, he, you mm-hmm. know, he didn't get enough uh, international level. But he just comes across really, really nice as well. I met his mum not too long ago and um, she actually knew me, which I was quite surprised about and I didn't know who she was. But, you know, she comes... So you see where his upbringing was as well. So, yeah, it, it, would, have to be, it would have to be Ledley, definitely. Yeah. Is he still doing some coaching with the under-18s? Because not yeah. seen him there for a while. Well, I told he was... I can find out a little bit more on Thursday yeah. when I'm at the club on yeah. Thursday. But, yeah, I thought he was because he was doing his badge the same way that Henri's doing his badges yeah. and goes back to the club and, and does a little bit. So I hope so because Maybe. it would be lovely to see him in a coaching environment, that's for sure. Maybe he's got a bit bored. I'm led the king. I'm not pissing about the under-18s anymore. We've got some good young centre-backs. I'm first team coach now. We've got some cracking young centre-backs coming through. It would be lovely for him to sort of be a bit of a mentor for them and see them come through That would be perfect. That would be perfect. It weeds me out a little bit as well that uh, like Windy you're like so he was coaching the uh, under 18s and I haven't seen him around a bit like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know where he is Troy <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting outside his front door and I haven't seen him leave so <laughs> he's actually not <laughs> leaving at the moment yeah. <laughs> I'm not afraid to complain the club there's a small <laughs> there's a small boy who keeps coming yeah. and talking to me <laughs> About, about tactics and stuff. <laughs> I don't want him to leave me alone. Just don't go to the under 18s anymore, you won't bother you. <laughs> Sorry, Wendy. That's quite all right. I'll, I'll never refer to you as a small boy. <laughs> That's a fair point, I am small. <laughs> You're beautiful. Okay, so we've got a return of a feature. Um, I'm. Uh, what? Oh, <laughs> We said, Rick, do you want to do Ricky Peter again? And I think your response was, yeah, I'll do it. And then you looked at me with wide-eyed panic then. Yeah, yeah. Do you, right. Should we just not do it? Uh, we, we can do it if you want, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> what about if you want? No, no. I, it's never what I want. <laughs> it's what the people want. That's what it's right. what yeah, the people yeah, want. It's what the people All right, we've got Wikipedia. Wikipedia. On the 21st of September, 1994, an annihilation of Watford at Vicarage Road set Spurs on the League Cup trail once again. Ozzy Ardiles was taking no chances with Ili Dimitrescu, Teddy Sheridan and Darren Anderton all getting their names on the score sheet. Their achievements were only eclipsed by Jurgen Klinsmann's stunning hat-trick in the superbly entertaining 6-3 victory. So I know that you know. I've just found this on the internet. <laughs> Ricky, your knowledge astounds me. Rick, that was rubbish. No, that is brilliant. You just found a sentence on the internet and read it out and then just went, I know, you know, and then something... Paragraph. <laughs> you read it quite well. Yeah, I know. All right, fair enough. Uh, if you want to hear more of Rickypedia, then tweet him at RickyTFC. Yeah. Uh, OK, let's... Uh, I don't know why I said that so lethargically, because we're about <laughs> to talk about probably the biggest game of the season, um, apart from the next time we play him. It's two times. Uh, Arsenal win the Cup. Yeah, mate. I know we talked a bit about how excited we were about smashing them. Um... Are you confident, given it's only two days? Do you know what? I used to be... When, when this game used to come around, and I don't know if I'm getting older and I'm feeling a bit more stoical about football in general, but I'm not nervous at all. I, I, maybe that's like a misplaced confidence. I do feel confident about the game. Um, Co- Coughlin is 
suspended. Injured. Injured. Uh, Cazorla is suspended and so is Giroud. Uh, Giroud? Gabriel. Gabriel. Giroud got sent off. Champions League. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> We're going to lose, clearly. <laughs> it's down to me. All right, go on, you lot talk if you know the facts. All right, Cochrane's injured and uh, what's his name? Gabriel, Gabriel. Polista is um, suspended and so is Cazorla. Mm. Those are the facts. So we've established that. Yeah. How do you feel about the game? At Water Lane, I don't give a fuck who we play. Mm. I, I literally... People can say Real Madrid, Barcelona, Arsenal, Bayern Munich, Chelsea. I don't give a shit, man. Anytime someone plays at White Lane, I always think we will win. Uh, or we can win. There, there is that possibility. And playing against Arsenal, do you know what? I, I, I haven't been, it's not that I haven't been impressed, but I think we'll turn them over. I really do. On, on a Wednesday night, cup night, floodlights... At Wart Lane, the atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric, as it always is, and we're going to turn them over. And there isn't one bit of me where I've been thinking this week, oh, God, we've got Arsenal, or, or anything like that. There isn't this horrible thing in the pit of my stomach I'm thinking, oh, God, I, I don't want to get up because Thursday morning, uh, <laughs> I, I know someone who supports Arsenal, oh, <laughs> We're going to fuck them up, man. And I'm going to love it as well. Troy, um, do you beep those bits out? Or they... <laughs> no, 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 no. As, as it comes, as it comes. Yeah. Uh, does And- is Andrus aware of... Oh, of course he is. He's yeah. been there so long. Very but much so. Does, Very does, much so. As a professional, do they kind of switch off? Or are, they, are they going into that game nervous or are they excited? Or what, or how do, I don't think they... there's a nervousness around the North London derby for players. There's not. Think, no, it's just another game. It, it, not, no, it's not just another game. They know how big the game is, but I don't think there's a nervousness going into it. I think it's an excitement. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, Tottenham v Arsenal, the more times we can play them, the better. Because um, they, they got a chance to go down in folk, folklore. Well, this this is it. And yeah. Let's just you know go back to White Hart Lane last season. Mm. Harry's two oh. goals at White Hart Lane. That, Danny Rose. That, four seasons, Danny yeah. Rose. You know, those kind of games, that's where legends are born. Your name is etched um, in history. Yeah, always, it is. always, always. And I just think that you know players look forward to it as a fixture because it's a chance of beating them down the road. And this is a cup game, which adds a lot more spice to it as well. Um, you remember, we reached the final last year. We want to go one better this year. So no one more perfect than beating them along the way, that's for sure. <laughs> and and, and all, all the good memories, all, all our recent good memories in terms of cup wins and performances, we have beat them on the way. You know, we smashed them 5-1 at the lane and then went on to beat Chelsea yeah. in 91. And that says something about how successful we've been recently. But no, <laughs> 91, beating them in the semi-finals again. And it doesn't matter. Look, ultimately, if they beat us, I mean, we'll, 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 come, we'll deal with it mm. and move on. How sick will they be, though? It'll be interesting to see the two lineups. Because, yeah. I mean, what, what do you I know they've, they've got players suspended. I'm not quite sure they would have treated it. I say treated it. I'm not sure he would. He would have played players like Arteta, um, you know, Chambers. Player, no, that's what I'm saying. But you know, he would have given that. I believe that he would give those players an opportunity to play, trusting their ability mm. to come and play at White Hart Lane and deal with everything that the atmosphere brings. From our point of view, <laughs> who knows? Mm. But you know, we we will be competitive because I think we've got a competitive squad now, and the nature of it is, I think that's brilliant for us. 
Wenger's treated it more seriously over the last few years, just because yeah. he's been so. There's been so much pressure on him to get to win a trophy, on him. Um, and as a result, he stopped chucking in so many youth players. But he, he still plays the occasional youth player but in the cup. The only thing for me, sorry, they haven't got youth players anymore. Yeah. Arsenal, they had youth players. They were playing them in Champions League and everything. Uh, nothing happened, so he's gone back to the tried and trusted as such. Um, they've had two cup final wins. I think he's happy with that. If there was a competition that I think he would want to drop, it would be this one. Yeah. The problem he's got is that he's playing Tottenham, and if you're going to drop it, you have to drop it against us. Yeah. So. I bet his heart sunk when he it, saw Yeah, that exactly. I believe so. Anyway, and I'm like you guys. I'm, you do. You, you prepare all week, didn't you, for Tottenham v Arsenal? And this time, there's no, there's nothing in my gut that says I don't think we can't win. I, I'm I really not, do. I'm not worried. No. I mean, I, th- I think it's. Cazorla being out is quite useful. Coquelin being injured is the key because that means Flamini or Arteta has to play. Yeah. And with the energy we've been showing in midfield recently, Should I mean, be you wouldn't bet him. against yeah. Ali yeah. really running yeah. Arteta. Can you imagine, he'd love that game. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I can see him. And I, hope, I really hope that Mason's fit for it as well because I think if you have Mason, yeah. Ali and Dyer in midfield, there's young legs there and they'll swarm around Arteta or Flamini, whoever plays, and they'll mm. have problems. I remember... Um, <clears throat> A few seasons ago, where uh, I think we, I think it was against Arsenal, and Harry kind of uh, wheeled out a lot of p- players, that young players. That was a four players, defeat. Players coming back from injury. It was a very mishmash team. It wasn't kind of keeping with a central spine, mm. and then mm. you know coming in with players. And uh, that was when Cork made his debut, wasn't it? Yes. W- yeah, it was. We got dealt with. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I, come out with practice his first team. It's not what's going on. Yeah, you know, I, I understand that um, if we we want to freshen it up, rotation. You know, we've got Europa League, we've got Premier League. We, we, you know, there's a lot of players coming in, and you know, it's very thick and fast. But I think um, I'd be I'd be disappointed with Poch if. There was a complete overhaul of the starting eleven. Because... We haven't got an average eleven to do that at the moment. I don't. With the injuries as well that we've got, we haven't. You know, we can make some changes and, and move some people around somewhere. You know, you think that Vimmer yeah. might play? Do you yeah. know what I mean? I thought he was. I thought he was very good he the looked, other night. He looked very yeah. accomplished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, looked very accomplished. Um, but I wouldn't think that he'd play Vimmer and Fazio together. Oh no! You know, not on a <laughs> not on a night like that. That's for sure. Obviously, Danny can Walcott come in. Well. Yeah, they never play Fazio again. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone that game. Yeah. But Danny could come in as a left back, and you haven't got to worry there. Do you know the, what I mean? The and thing is, it, you look at the two games you've got. You got Arsenal, and then you got Man City. You got Man City. Yeah. What's more important to everybody? Arsenal. Beating Arsenal yeah, clearly. Absolutely. No one. We're not going to beat Man City. I mean, look. Being honestly, the likelihood of us beating Man City is quite small. But why? West Ham have just gone there and beaten them because they're brilliant, and that was a freak re- result. It was a freak result. <laughs> well, actually, they, they so know was winning away Arsenal. at Liverpool, and so was winning away at, at Arsenal. You're the football manager. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's gutting that both games are so close together, yeah. particularly after what has just happened to Man City. I'm thinking to myself, bring them to White Hart Lane. We haven't got a great record against them at White Hart Lane, but. Why can't it be now that we really go and show the league that we're we're back? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what we have? A, we have a record of uh, pulling off two big results when we played Arsenal. The two I can think of are um, Chelsea yeah. at White Hart Lane, where we beat Arsenal and yeah. then beat Chelsea. Um, there was one other, and I forgot <laughs> it. But this could happen again. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be beyond no, without that belief, without and, that. And think about happy a football club we would be. I mean, going back to what I was saying earlier. At White Lane, I, I 
I will never have any worries about playing anyone at Water Lane because I, I honestly believe that our crowds and at Water Lane, I think we can beat anyone. Mm. And not saying that, yeah, we're we're going to beat everyone, but you know, I, I, I really, I really don't have that fear factor when we when we play at Water Lane. I, the, like, crowd, the crowd, the playing an yeah, important part in it. I just, you know? I just don't. I, mm. I, 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 I'll rank it like this. I know loads of Arsenal fans around in my kind of social sphere. I wouldn't say my social circle because that's too close. Um, but my social social sphere, I don't know any Man City, thankfully. don't know any at all. So I'm thinking, how's my week going to go? <laughs> I'd rather, if I, got, if I had to lose one of those games, it would definitely be the City game. I'm yeah. 100%. But who says we can't go out and smash yeah. them both? What about that? Imagine. That. I mean, think about where we were before these three wins and how important it was to win those, win those games, beating Sunderland the way which, you know, on paper you say we should do, but was difficult on the day. Carrier bag were much hard. Carrier bag were much, <laughs> were much harder team, but we got the result. Um, and we beat a good Palace team on Saturday. That's three wins on the bounce. Beat Arsenal and Man City. Everyone's happy. It's I'm amazing like, how quickly perception changes yeah. as well. This is a couple what, of wins. This is what's going on about being less reactionary and being a little bit more you can't philosophical. Help it though. The nature of, of, of just football in itself and being a supporter of the game drags people's emotions from mm. like I said earlier about, you know, you can play well on a Thursday night and you can be the best thing since sliced bread and then on a Sunday you're the worst thing that's ever stepped on a pitch. So the the actual natural emotions of supporters and, and this is what I mean how important they are at the moment to the club. Sunday was really good. There was moments when the fans I, 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 I no disrespect to Crystal Palace, but it's not one of the games that I ever fear and think that we should lose. Although no, going not. into it, I thought, well, Palace are doing well away from home. But the fans bought into it because of the way that the team was playing very, very early doors. And there was a lovely atmosphere there. That was wasn't the same atmosphere at home to Everton. No. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So we have to create that environment that makes it difficult for teams to come into. We always do it in Arsenal and Chelsea. Of course we do. But Man City, because they normally pass us off the park, there's this kind of like fear that we're going to get battered in those games and I think if the fans in, in games like that if they can really show their support for the club for the players that are on the park um, early doors we, we could get positive results I'm like you Rick I don't fear people coming to White Hart Lane How much of it do you think certainly as a father of a player who plays the Spurs it's about the team's effort and their willingness to get stuck in and, and playing well to G the crowd up I, I, or, the, or vice versa, or does I, it work together? I think, it, I think it's massive, to be totally honest. I think that fans, fans want the team to do well, but fans, unfortunately, this, this new era of fans very quickly show their emotion if things are not going well. And that gets to the pitch quite simply. There's, you know, there's times when it is very quiet at White Hart Lane, mm. you know. But there's times when, seriously, it, we raise the roof, and it, and it's a, an amazing place to be in. There almost needs to be that better balance. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yes, you want the, the the roof raised, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. But sometimes when the team needs you, and and players are going to make mistakes because we're the youngest team that's playing in the Premier League as well. They need that extra bit of support from from you know from the stands to to really help them get get through the kind of errors that sometimes players make, and they will make errors. Don't you think as well that individual player songs make such a difference to a player's performance? And that sounds really um, sort of whimsical on the surface. It but, cheers people but up, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ali having two songs already is partly because he's been fantastic, but 
it's sort of the fans wanting to get behind him early on to help him achieve is what this, we think he's Is this why you spend about 50% of your week coming up with player songs? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, was, I, I sent my sister a recording of the Ali song the other morning, like I sent you guys, and she played it accidentally in front of our whole office. <laughs> it was deadly silent in her office, and there's just me singing the Ali song, coming, <laughs> singing the hokey cokey. Very embarrassing. But players hear that. They yeah. hear it and they respond to it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think it's great. This is a man who's terrified of singing Happy Birthday. Yeah. yeah, yeah is, sure. your, is your sister a massive Spurs fan? She is, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, it's a bit, a bit strange <laughs> sending your sister a voice, voice memo. Yeah, that is weird. You, you see it singing songs. She enjoyed it. She enjoyed it. A uh, quick question from Ari Otspur on Twitter. I, I only read this out because he's. he's it's been not, to- not the. Harry Hotspur. Oh, no, not, not, not the Harry, old Harry Hotspur. Yeah, not th- that strange. The, the only paid Tottenham blogger on the internet. Anyway, we're t- doing beef <laughs> now. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> Sorry, Troy. Um, uh, but Harry Hotspur, he, he's, a, he's a big fan from over... He lives on this like farm or, or ranch out in the sticks oh, in, yeah, in America. And, and he's got this... This, um, this would make, make his day. I'm not saying that because he, he, he really loves a pod. And there's this image of like a gate in the middle of America somewhere. You can imagine like thousands of miles from Spurs and there's just a huge Spurs flag no. blowing awesome. in the wind. It is awesome. Really? Uh, and the only reason I'm mention- uh, uh, reading this out because we can't really talk much more about it, but it says a strong team for the North London derby, right? If we can't take playing Woolwich seriously, no matter the competition, what's the point? And he gets it. He clearly yeah. gets it. He's all the way over there, but he gets it. And you're 100% right. And... I've just I'm buzzing now. I wasn't even thinking about it, but I'm, I'm tingling at the, at the thought of being at that game tomorrow night. Okay, uh, we've got another question. Actually, let's do. Should we do some predictions? Because we haven't really previewed Man City, but we're running out of time. Wow. Um, Man City uh, and, and Arsenal. I think we'll beat Arsenal. Yep. And I think we'll narrowly lose to Man City <laughs> in an unfortunate way, because that will be Try fairly it. typical. Big wins in both. Beat Arsenal, but I probably have to agree that we'll probably, even though what I've said tonight, I mm. probably agree that we'll probably lose at home to Man City, and I don't like predicting that we'd lose. But three, one, two, one, both wins. Ooh, wow. Yes, I'm taking that, Rick. Yeah. All day, three nil. Oh. Against Arsenal. All right, um, Matty B8. God. Uh, if uh, he's from Reddit, he says it looks like we have a deeper squad this season than we've had in a while, with a lot of games coming up thick and fast. How much rotation would you like to see um, Poch do? I think well, a lot of it's kind of going to be forced upon him because we've had lots of niggling injuries where players have missed the odd game here or there. So it's it's kind of taken out of his hands to an extent. But we've got good backups now. I mean, Davies has had some good games in. Um, Rose's absence through injury, and I mean Trippier didn't have a particularly great game against Karabakh, but he's he's a he's an okay player. Trippier, he'll do a job. Well, we don't know anything about him. Really, had, it was his first game. You can't really expect much from him. He did get done for that penalty completely. He did, yeah. Um, I think he's a he's a good player, not a great player, but that's fine as a backup. That's, you don't really want. And Walker's been playing well. Walker's been fantastic. Really yeah. impressive. Him. I, I've been apart from Dyer, probably most impressive Walker this season. I think he's been fantastic. Uh, quick, uh, someone sent in the question about. Uh, Sorry, I just want to go back to that question. Well, go on. So saying that we've got a better squad. Yeah. Was it more in depth squad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, would you like to see him rotate and deal with that squad a bit better? I mean, we had quite a mm. we had quite a heavy squad beforehand. Mm. We got got rid of a lot of uh, Deadwood. 
Yeah. I, I don't know how you how you players you can trust in inverted commas mm. in terms of Kabul Adibara. and then mm. the kind of uh, we didn't have a great amount of people coming in maybe the people that did come in adds quality or or mm. however you want to say but I don't know is it is it a better squad is it more in depth I, I think there's more players you can use it's a, it's a better squad I don't think it's got the same depth because you think of how many we've sold. Yeah. Um, like you said, Rick, yeah, we yeah. haven't replaced them, but I think that it's a better squad in terms of all round. Mm. Um, more trustworthy, I'd say. Yeah, more you, trustworthy. You can trust the players to carry out the, the manager's or mm. coach's instructions more with this one. And of course, sometimes you f- can forget that we had Carroll and Pritchard out on loan, and they yeah. both come back into the squad mm. now and mm. add, add a certain amount of depth as well. And, and, and there was players there that, let's be serious, didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we, we've we've lost. Adi Bayor and, and Kabul and Paulinho. Paulinho and Paulinho. Paulinho seems Paulinho. So he he he'd done his best, and he just didn't cut it in this league for whatever reason. He was a Brazilian. He should be doing better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is that simple. It is. <laughs> um, okay. If you've got one name as well, you you should be scoring like fifteen, twenty points a season. He's got like five just names. Pa- no, it's just Paulinho. Okay. For as, as far as I know, it's just blessed as Paulinho, isn't it? <laughs> it's Paul. Paul. <laughs> Uh, we've also got uh, the next games in the run-up. Monaco away. Can't wait for going for that. It's going to cost me a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping PPI comes in. <laughs> genuinely waiting on a letter. And uh, then we've got Swansea, Liverpool, Anderlecht and Bournemouth. That run it's of fixtures. Run again. Is it like four, four? Mm. Four away. Four away, five, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, four yeah, away. Yeah. We're not playing away. Yeah. We're not playing away, and, and, and Liverpool is the is the game at home, but I, I haven't been that impressed with them. That's I the think... banker, isn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> the banker, if anything's to go by. I, I'd be surprised. I, I think Liverpool... I, I think Rodgers in trouble. Liverpool are probably going to yeah. be OK, but he, he's going to be the first manager out the door. And um, he gets in my wick, so I have no problem with <laughs> Just his face. Uh, but yeah, what would you expect from those runner games, Wendy? Um, I think a lot will depend on what we do in the next two, because often if you win a couple of games, it really breeds confidence. I think mm. if we... Two good performances, and we'll come back with a decent points haul from those matches. Mm. And uh, the Europe, European games will be brilliant. Um, I mean, like Champions not played, League games, though, isn't yeah. they? Monaco and, and Anderlecht. Like it, yeah, it? It does, I mean, they're yeah. big enough teams to, exactly, to yeah. make yeah. Monaco f- lost at home quite recently to a, a poorer side. They've, they've shipped out a few players and haven't bought that well. They're not the think, same, yeah, they're not the same. I don't think they're the same club no. that Marie... Um, no, definitely not. What's his name? The guy, the guy we tried to sign? Moutinho. Moutinho signed for, mm. and they had uh, Falcao. Yeah. Certainly not the same side there. So we probably shouldn't fear them, although they did destroy, with an ageing, very ageing Ber- Berbatov, destroy <laughs> Arsenal last year. But I don't think they're the same team now either, though, mm. from that team that did destroy Arsenal. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's a difficult game just because it's Monaco away, but you'd go there thinking, like you said, Windy, just on the back of two positive performances and hopefully a, you know, a next round of a cup and three points that you can go to Monaco and handle what they've got to give us. And last season, we didn't actually struggle with two games in two weeks. It was only after we were dumped out of the Europa League that our, our league form dropped off significantly. Yeah. So, perhaps I mean, we we have got a bad record over the years of when we've played in Thursday, the, Sunday. On Thursday, Sunday. Yeah. And I, unlike most, I don't think it's actually much to do with the players being tired. I think it's more to do with having to focus on two games in a week and not being able to focus your attention on one opposition. Mm. The manager can't just plan for one opposition. Yeah. He's yeah. thinking about two teams and 
perhaps training different things per team. I think that's probably more of an influence the, than the, the time. The big thing about Europa League is that it's a Thursday night, which means that Friday you've got a recovery. Mm. And so you're planning Saturday for Sunday. Yeah. You know, you can't treat it, the Premier League like it that. It throws your preparation yeah, out the window. It does. You it? can't treat the Premier League like that. It's, it's unforgiving. And no matter who you're playing, you can't give one day focus to, to an opposition on a Sunday. And that's not obviously the club's fault or whatever else, but it is what it is. And mm. particularly if you're going to Azerbaijan mm. on a Thursday night now. That's going to be a nightmare. You know, yeah. that is going to be a, a nightmare. Yeah, it's a horrible journey. So, yeah, your preparations are not great. Troy, I'm going to uh, test your fathering skills no, don't. to the limit here. Yeah. If Andros has to go out to Azerbaijan, are you going to go and watch him? <laughs> it's at six o'clock. I couldn't get the time off of work. So. <laughs> yeah, time. If you need someone to chaperone, yeah. if you can't do the plus one for the wedding, yeah. I'll, I'll carry his bags. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Kev Green from Twitter. This is going to be the final question. So, I've always wondered, by you know... Uh, what? Uh, you, when you see coaches and stuff, like when players come off the coach and stuff, and they've they've, all, they've obviously travelled from somewhere, and but but they always just come off with their football boots, just in a boot bag. <laughs> they've got headphones, just boot bag, and that's it. What sounding like? Why do well, they? Where, where's all the other stuff? <laughs> Where is it? Boots. <laughs> it's their wash bags. Is it? Yeah, yeah, Who brings yeah, their boots in? The boots are all in the uh, all in their bags and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Kit everything bags. is all kitted up and everything. So they're just coming in with wash bags and headphones. Fair enough. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, that I, we're making this film called Memory Lane, and we're actually making progress now. Okay. Um, we've made this is chronicling chronicling the. Um, the history of the Spurs Stadium yeah. is going to be locked down soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've been speaking to a lot of people about it, did, did a few interviews. Uh, it's going to be an hour-long documentary, and when it's ready, people can make a donation to Fantastic. this local charity that we're mm. working with, and they'll get a DVD and a booklet right. with it. Okay. Um, anyway, we've got this amazing photo. We're collecting pictures over the last couple of years, and there's a, an amazing photo of um, what I can only describe as washwomen. In a, in a in a room full of tumble dryers <laughs> with hair nets and aprons like the women's the women that that was the, the dinner ladies at school yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm thinking like what that they don't is that how it used around. to be yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how it used to be yeah. but that's not yeah. how it is now no, really no. I mean that that and oh, I just, mean I'm not in the washrooms now but no. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always remember as a kid as as well growing uh, up uh, sorry Rick, sorry sorry I'm gonna cut you because my question is better ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Do, do the apprentices still have to wash the... the, the Fucking hell, that's what I was on! Yes! <laughs> it changed from clubs to clubs. They have jobs. Well, we were literally talking about it the other day. Um, I was in a session and Marcus Gow was there and obviously says about the boots and, you know, they get assigned to a senior player and they have to do everything for him. Y- young players now have jobs, but it's not around... Like, most it's clubs, not it's demeaning. not around, yeah, cleaning <laughs> boots and stuff like that. And, Should you be. Know, so, <laughs> you're the old, old play, well players now. Play, the older players who probably have just finished were saying they should still be doing that, and there is kind of like a call to say, well, maybe they should. It might bring them, keep them down to earth a little bit, and mm. but it's that bit know, of respect. It's kind of like. I don't Depends know. You it, get though. Yeah, yeah, I know. But uh, if, if someone said wash Lenny King's boots, I'm like, yeah, happily. I'll do it with my tongue. With my tongue, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but if someone said, all right, you're, you're stuck with Kabul, who doesn't even want to play for your club, and well, maybe he doesn't, I don't know. But you know what I mean, there, there would be some something. I'd be like, oh, this geezer doesn't even want to play. And, uh, I've seen. I uh, just remember Paul as a Robinson, kid, as a kid, seeing uh, loads of players, and they're saying, oh, like when you were younger and you were an apprentice, whose boots did you clean? 
and they'd come like, gleefully say, oh, yeah. I used to do Alan Shearer's, or yeah. I used to do... Yeah. I know yeah. they're household names now, but... Mm. At um, the time, they weren't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was just kind of like... The, it's the but tradition that comes... Yeah. 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 The tradition has changed. I mean, if you look at it, just on a human level, there is something a little bit demeaning about mm. it. I, you know, washing the mud off someone else's boots? Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a little Those bit boots too modern shit loads of goals, man. Or defended or done whatever. They had a job... Okay. All right. Um, so it's all getting a little bit boozy now, isn't it? So <laughs> finally, uh, with the emergence of uh, Dyer and uh, Deli Ali, is there still a place for Bentaleb in the starting 11? Obviously. Yeah, we've got, I mean, there's enough games to go around to, to keep Bentaleb and happy. He's, he's good enough, and to, he's good enough he's, to start. He's fantastic, now. yeah. I, I, I mean, he, him. he's not had a particularly great start to the season, but he played well against Everton. Everton. Yeah. And he's a very good player. He's a very talented player. It's strange how quickly people have kind of started to doubt him. Well, the, the, I think the emergence of Dyer has been a bit of a shock to everyone. Yeah. I mean, Dyer has been remarkable. The right, he's, <laughs> really I'm, I'm genuinely shocked about how well he's played. At first, when he first started playing, he just sort of ran in straight lines, and it reminded. It, I don't know why it made me think of this, <laughs> but it made me think of. Do you remember the Minotaur in the Greek myth? In the labyrinth, yeah. half man, half ball, they're just running down straight lines. <laughs> that was Eric Dyer, just running from player to player with the, the ball's head, just running the street. But now he's kind of adapted. He's, he's realised he doesn't necessarily need to just run into players. He can use his anticipation mm. and his football brain. And he's not just clattering people. He's first to the ball because it's anticipated. It, it, yeah, he's reading things. He's reading things. I was like you, Wendy. I was Dyer midfield. Yeah. You know, and first few games although he made some tackles there was a lot where things were passing him by and he was getting caught out and but I've, what the last two games just watching him and you're right his anticipation his coverage of the ground his actual coverage of other players at times mm -hmm. as well when they're not in the right areas and right spaces is very good and one of the things that was said to me was that he doesn't get on the ball enough yeah so you know he gets around but he doesn't but just the last two games again yeah i've watched him demand it and get on it so it's a it's a work in progress and obviously they're feeding him the information and the big thing is that Land is taking it on board. Yeah. yeah. And I don't Do think anyone would have had him the there. The other thing I really like about him is he plays with the the Pochettino high tempo. And I remember um, in the same youth team as Andros, there's a player called Sam Cox. Who Sam, yeah. Know well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't the best player, yeah. fairly average technically, but yeah. he set the tempo every the, yeah. single game. Yeah. And I think if you've got one or two players in the team that do that, start quickly, it rubs off on the others. Of I think Dyer's got that kind mm. of energy and attitude. It's mm. amazing Dyer's development through the squad. He was signed from Lisbon. Everyone was quite excited about him because he was a bit of a, almost like a kind of, Strange signing. Came out of nowhere. We didn't know much about him. We knew he was English, but he moved out there very young. He went into centre back. We signed him as a centre back. Um, he played did, a lot of right back. Played a lot of right back. And when he was in centre back, he got tore apart at, at Man, Man United. And uh, someone who isn't as strong mentally as Dyer appears to be, but have probably suffered. He again, played out of right back. Finished the season brilliantly at right back. Actually, mm -hmm. had some amazing assists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And has now been put into defensive midfield. And you sometimes see defensive midfielders play in that position, mm -hmm. but he seems natural. Actually, he's the least natural position I've seen him in has been centre back. Centre back. Yeah. But I think this will all lead to him becoming a much better centre back as a result. You think and, that that's... and you know, Ledley played a season yeah, didn't yeah, he, yeah, in yeah, midfield. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. And you can imagine Dyer. I mean, Dyer's very good in the ball, and it, you can see that he's had a. Portuguese upbringing That's in football right, terms yeah, because he's so yeah, comfortable definitely, in possession definitely. and this will do him the world of good as mm. a centre-back. That question was from Hazlitt on Reddit. 
Uh, thank you very much for everyone who sent their questions. You didn't actually do Kev, you, you started yeah, reading You it. did, and then you left it behind. Yeah, yeah. Kev's, Kev's a very nice man. Oh, so, sorry, what things, football, footballing-wise, has Poch brought to Spurs that impress you the most? Did I start reading that? You, you did. did. You did. And then you got distracted. Okay. Um, yeah, so what have you been most impressed with with Pochettino, Troy? It's, it's got to be the energy of the team now, isn't it? We were in a phase where fans were not quite sure what direction we were going and what we were doing. Um, and he's he's brought back a little bit of identity. So we now fans now know that the club plays with a high tempo and if you can't play with that high tempo, you got, you're not going to match the manager's expectations. Um, and that's probably for this, you know, for the Premier League is what sets us apart. He's brought down the, the age group of the players. We've now got younger players that, you know, are part of Tottenham Football Club and hopefully for their history as well uh, in the future. So he's he's now giving young players a chance. I know it wasn't him that started it, but he's definitely escalated it. Um, and, you know, he's responsible for Harry Kane. No matter what someone else will say, he's responsible for Harry Kane. And that, for me, that's massive. You know, he's given him the confidence and the the real push and go ahead to not just be an established Premier League player but an established international and you have to you know you have to be grateful for that you know um, there's a lot of challenges on the way for us as a club this season um, have we got enough to to be a top six side um, on a game to game basis yes but you throw in all the other stuff to go with it in terms of the competitions and where we prioritise but we've got enough, as we proved in the last couple of games. We've had a great week, and hopefully by Saturday evening we're going to be we're going to be on cloud nine, aren't we? So do you know what I mean? Um, but he's definitely brought in a great philosophy. What do you reckon he's brought? Um, I would say the main thing for me would be um, the sort of amount he's improved certain players. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. 
Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.